You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Hey, well, hey guys, uh, we're actually continuing our series through this small book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is only five chapters. Peter and Silvanus wrote it to the early church uh, who was going through incredible suffering at the time, AD 64 to 67. And he was writing this little book so they could learn, like, why is there suffering? What do you do as a Christian when you find yourself in the middle of suffering? What possible benefit could come from your suffering? And so that's what this book's about. Uh, so suffering is an S word. I'm going to talk about a different S word this week, though. Uh, I've been in many like Bible studies and Christian groups over the years. Have you ever been in a group where someone just drops the S word in the group? And everyone stops. Like someone has used this S word. I've seen this happen in groups. Everybody goes totally silent. It's like they hold their breath. And it's like you're thinking, okay, are we doing this? Of course, I'm talking about the word Submit. Toward the word submit. Now, <laughs> I know, I know. You probably are thinking about a different S word, sacrificial giving. Because, I mean, when, nobody wants to talk about, in fact, I was wondering, which is worse to talk about in the church? Jesus calling you to give sacrificially. Not just give, not just give 10%, but to give something up to give, sacrificial giving, or the call from Jesus to submit. Which is worse? I was asking my little uh, group of people, and they said, both are bad. And, and here's the, was the word submission. It's, it's gotten a bad rap because it's been totally misused over the years. And I've watched it happen. There are godly, in, in the Christian world, there are godly wives who have idiotic Christian husbands who have told their wives, woman, you just need to submit. That's what the Bible says. And I... My heart dies for them from their idiotic husband demanding submission. Frankly, guys uh, and unmarried people, they don't want to submit. I don't want to submit any more than you do. Submission has a sense of loss, of giving up, of putting yourself down in the eyes of other people. It's the reason submission is one of the characteristics of Christ that was the reason the Roman Empire was criticizing this young group, this uprising group of Jewish people turned Christians. They said that the Christian movement was ruining the character of the Roman male. Roman men were supposed to be strong. Jesus called Roman men to submit when they came to Christ. They didn't like it. I think it, it, submission is given a bad rap because people don't know the actual definition. You might want to take some notes now. What is submission? Submission is not three things. Submission is not agreement. It's not obedience. And it's not silence. Submission is not the same as agreement or obedience or silence. And how do you know it? Because the words are spelled differently. That's how you can tell. If words are spelled differently, they are different words. Let's talk about this. Submission is not agreement. You can submit to somebody you don't agree with. That's at the heart of submission. Submission is also not the same as obedience. It's not obedience. Submission is the attitude, the inner attitude. Obedience is the action. 
You can actually submit while not obeying somebody. You can actually obey somebody, do the action, without submission, the attitude. And submission also is not the same as silence. Over the years, I heard people say, oh, fine. So I got to shut up and submit. That's not submission. That quite often shutting up stops submission. Biblical submission is speaking up and having this attitude at the same time. This submissive attitude is not silence. So what is submission? You could write this in your notes. Here's a definition for you. Submission is the attitude of willingness to follow a leader. Submission is your attitude of willingness to follow a leader. Submission is the attitude. Are you a person who has Christ-like submission? Well, that's maintaining an attitude of being willing to follow. It's not the same as agreeing. It's not the same as obeying. Uh, it, is not, it is not the same as like being silent. It's speaking up. Here, here's when it's tested. I'll tell you when submission is tested. When you see a direction, you disagree with it. So you speak up. But it's not a sin to do that. Just silly. So you follow. So I'm talking, here's our topic today that Peter brings up. It's incredibly difficult, especially in times of suffering. You are called to Jesus' level of submission. God has called you, Peter writes, to not just submission, not just the attitude of willingness to follow a leader, but Jesus' shocking level of submission. Did you look at how Jesus submitted to the government? It was shocking. Did you read how Jesus submitted to his leadership? Throughout his life, from childhood to adulthood, did you read how Jesus submitted to God? A shocking level of submission. Jesus had this attitude of willingness to follow his leaders at every stage of his life. And it is incredibly difficult, Peter writes, especially when you're going through suffering. When you're going through suffering, and if the act of submission continues your suffering, how hard is that? In fact, Peter's about to write this, that the real test of Christ living in you, to see Jesus in you, is to go through difficult times and you maintain this attitude of submission. Like people see Jesus in you. Do people see Jesus in you, in your submissive attitude, when you don't agree, when you do something different? When you've spoken up and your leader doesn't agree, but it's not a sin. That's what we're talking about this week. Let's go ahead and pray. We'll dive in. Father, I do, I do pray that you would um, open up our eyes to your word. Um, this, this is an incredibly deep message, Lord. Not deep in like head knowledge. It is deep in our souls. This message tests the degree of surrender we have, test how much we actually love you, test whether the Holy Spirit is actually leading us by our level of submission, our attitude of willingness to follow our leader, all of our leaders. God, I pray for people who are not yet believers in Christ. You can't even become a Christian without an act of submission, submitting your goodness to the cross, saying you're not good enough. Bring people to the cross. Help them to literally, literally surrender as Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so let's go ahead and kind of reset where we're at. We're in week six of our More Than Suffering series, week six. So in week five, last week we talked about 1 Peter 2, 4 through 12. We talked about how you, uh, you were chosen, if you're a believer in Christ, the day you received Christ as Savior, you were chosen for God's spiritual priesthood. You are a spiritual priest. What's that mean? It's super simple. You go into God's presence. You have access now to be in God's presence. You go out to the world. People watch you and you speak on their behalf. Super simple. It's what our whole life's about. Uh, so this week we're in 1 Peter 2, 13 to 25. If you want to get a jump on next week, go ahead and read ahead the first 12 verses of 1 Peter chapter 3. Read ahead. Listen to God. Listen, put, listen to your thoughts. Write some notes down. Come prepared next week for the first 12, chap, first 12 verses of chapter 3. This week you are called to Jesus' shocking level of submission. Jesus submitted to the government to a shocking degree. Jesus submitted to his leaders to a shocking degree. Jesus submitted to God to a shocking degree. Those are our three sections today, to government, to our leaders, to God. This message is simple to understand. It is incredibly deep. It goes to the depths of your soul, your love for God, being filled up with him. Let's talk about this first section starting in verse 13, our submission to government, our submission to government. I'm so glad that our culture today doesn't struggle with submission to the governmental leaders that God has ordained, Romans 13 style, to put over us. In this section, there's kind of three sections in here, verse 13 to 17. He begins talking about submission to our government, to the laws and statutes of our government. In verse 15, he starts talking about silence. That's not the silence of those submitting. That's we submit to put to silence the accusations of those against Christianity. And then he brings it back to the very end of this concept of honor and respecting all people and our governmental leaders. Are you a person who has Christ's level, shocking level of submission, the attitude of willingness to follow our government leaders, which doesn't mean you agree, doesn't mean you keep silent. If they command you to obey and it's wrong, you can disobey. Let's put a picture of four presidents on the screen. Let's get real real. President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, President Trump, do you have Christ's level of submission and honor to the government? It's very difficult when you're suffering. So Peter begins with Silvanus writing in verse 13 about submission. He says in verse 13 now, he says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether to the king as supreme. Now, I'm going to pause and look at that word submit. The word submit is a Greek word. It's hupotasso or hypotasso, which means literally to put under. When God calls us to Jesus' level of submission, it's Jesus' level of putting yourself under. The desire to follow a leader is to put yourself under that leader's leadership. Therefore, hupotasso yourselves. Put yourselves under every ordinance of man. Every law, every statute, for the Lord's sake. You don't do it for them. You don't because you agree with them. But you do it for God's sake, whether to the king or we'd say to the president as supreme, verse 14, or to governors 
as those who are sent by him, sent by the king, sent by the president, for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Here you see the core responsibility of government as God designed it. The core responsibility of government as God designed it is to keep the peace. To keep the peace politically with other nations and inside our nation. To reward those who do good. To punish the evildoers. This is what 1 Timothy chapter 2 talks about. That the government's role is to keep peace in society. Then stay out of the way of free speech so the gospel can go forth. I would say there's a time, by the way, to disobey a law. And it's when the government commands you to contradict God's word. When God, is ask, when God is asking you one thing, the government commands you to do something else, you disobey and keep submitting. You can submit to the government and disobey them in Jesus' name. Four chapters to write down. Write down Exodus 1, Daniel 3, and Daniel 6, and Acts 5. Exodus 1, Daniel 3, Daniel 6. Acts chapter 5, all four of those chapters demonstrate moments where there were believers in God who were submitting to the government. They had the attitude of willingness to follow the government, but they disobeyed the government because they were being commanded to disobey Almighty God. So let's get uh, real, real with this. Here's three areas just to ask yourself, are you actively submitting to every ordinance of man? I'm talking every law, every statute. Just think in your minds. Is there any law or statute you are breaking right now or you are breaking on a regular basis that is not of God God's people are called to submit ourselves put ourselves under every ordinance of man how about every license you need every permit you need yes down to the fishing licenses hunting licenses down to the permits to build or do a renovation every light are you getting every license every permit you need are you paying every tax and every fee? I mean every tax. Like followers of Jesus pay their taxes. We don't pay one dime more than we should pay. We don't pay one dime less than we should pay. And why do we do this? To put people to silence. The yapping of those who talk bad about Christianity. He says in verse 15. Verse 15 says this. For this is the will of God. I love, by the way, the Bible's so awesome. Some of you wonder, gosh, what is God's will for me? Type in the phrase, will of God, or God's will, through Scripture. And you can see a number of places you can actually know God's will for you. This is one of them. By submitting to every law, every ordinance, this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. It's like God says, by you following their laws, the only thing they can accuse you of is disagreeing with your beliefs and your practices of God. He goes on, verse 16. He says, as free. Like, here's the wild thing about Christianity. In Jesus Christ, you're set free from every law of this world. Like, literally, set free from every law. As free. Yet not using liberty, your freedom, as a cloak for vice. But as bondservants of God, you're God's servant now. We obey all their laws, the laws of this world, to shut the yammerings of their mouths. Then he brings up verse 17. Honor all people. Honor all people. The Greek word for honor is the word timeo. Yes, Timothy, like my name's Timothy. What does Timotheus literally mean? Honoring God. Timeo. Theos, theos, honor God. 
Honor is the word timeo. Honor all people. Now, there's a certain degree of honor, of honoring people. The word honor actually is talking about treating people with value. That all people don't deserve honor. You know all people haven't earned honor. It doesn't matter. What is grace? Grace is unearned, undeserved value. God has placed in every person in this world this unearned, undeserved value. They are in the image of God. And because of that, we as Christians, when someone does not deserve respect, they don't deserve honor. We still honor them. That's what grace is. God has given them this, this intrinsic value. We honor all people. We love the brotherhood. That's this commitment to the body of Christ. We fear God, this godly fear and reverence of God. And he goes on and say, honor the king. We would say honor the president. Here's our four presidents. Put them back on the screen. Like it doesn't mean you have to agree with all four presidents. It doesn't mean you can't speak up how you disagree with all four presidents. It does mean that there's this intrinsic value that God has made them in the image of God. And in Romans 13, if they have a leadership role that is ordained of God, are you a person who talks about the presidents, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, with this Christ-like level of submission, this Christ-like level of honoring, showing value that is unearned and undeserved and intrinsic because they are in the image of Almighty God. You say, how can you do that? Some of these guys, they think they're God. They're mean to people who criticize them. They're using things for their own personal gain. Let's put the next picture up on the screen of Tiberius, Pilate, and Nero. Jesus talked about paying taxes and honoring the emperor. Who is his emperor? Tiberius. That man was a royal idiot. That man was immoral. That man had a God complex because they worshiped him as God. People worshiped him as God, and Jesus says, make sure you honor him. He was under Pilate, the local governor, the fifth governor of the Roman uh, area, of, area of Judea. And Jesus submitted himself to Pilate, who would put him to death. And when Peter wrote about honoring the, the emperor, honor the king, he wrote about Nero. That man put our ancestors on sticks, covered them in tar, and burned them as living torches through our ancestors to, to beasts, to animals. That, that, Peter wrote this book because of the persecution that started with Nero. Do you have Christ's level of submission to government? Verse 18 talks about leaders now. Verse 18 talks about leaders. Do you have Christ's level of submission to your leaders? Now, what Peter writes is that we should be submissive, putting ourselves under our leaders. We all have leaders at various sectors of our life. And we do it even when we're suffering. In fact, that's the hardest time to submit is when you are suffering. This is the time that it's commendable. It's a work of grace in your life. Here's an org chart. Think about just their, your organizational chart of your world. You have school org charts and sports org charts and work org charts and home org charts and church org charts. You have leaders in so many sectors in your life. Are you a person who shows Jesus' level of submission to your leaders? It is impossible to do on your own. It's only Christ when he is leading and ruling in your soul. 
He's filling you up. You're satisfied that you can submit to those leaders that you do not agree with and you may be suffering because of it. Verse 18, he's talking about being submissive. Verse 18, he says this. Servants, be submissive. There's again that hupotasso. Put yourself under your masters with all fear, fear of God. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. You know, it'd be great if every one of our leaders was both good and gentle. God calls every leader to be good, moral, and gentle with their teams. But we submit also to the harsh, the not good, the not gentle. He talked about that suffering in verse 19. He says, for this is commendable if, because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Like there are times that your submission will bring you into this suffering and it is totally, totally wrong. But that's when submission is tested. Not when it's a sin to follow. But there's some suffering when you're submitting. Verse 20. For what credit is it when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable for God. A couple things about that. When Paul wrote this, it was legal for people to actually put their hands on other people in the Roman Empire beaten. I am so thankful that we have a law today that if somebody puts their hands on you, you call the cops and throw them in jail in Jesus' name. You get away, you call the cops, you throw them in jail. So Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 13, by the way. But he goes on to say, if when you do good and you suffer, if you take that patiently, this is commendable for God. It's a work of God's grace. People see Christ in you when you are submitting in a situation that's costing you. And you are patient. And you are waiting on God. Well, let's get real real in our world. Are you a person who submits with his Christ-like submission to your leaders? Think about school right now. Teachers and administrators. Are there any teachers in your school that you are not maintaining an attitude of willingness to follow the, as a teacher? Or administrators, the attitude of willingness to follow those administrators. Think about sports. Coaches and umpires. Are there any coaches you have right now that you've stopped having this attitude of willingness to follow their coaching? Or umpires. My goodness, the way our culture treats umpires. Often middle school or young high school students. Do you have this attitude of willingness to speak up with respect, but to follow those umpires? How about work, the workplace, managers, clients, an attitude of willingness to follow those managers, follow those clients? about the home with husbands, parents, an attitude of willingness to follow your husband, your parents, your step-parent. You are called to Christ's level, Jesus' level of submission, a shocking level of submission, and Jesus, read how he submitted to his leaders, who he was smarter than, he had the better answer, he was stronger then. He was perfect. And he submitted. It was God's work in him. You saw God's grace. This third area, starting in verse 21 now, uh, our submission to Jesus. 
To be honest, our level of submission to government and to our leaders in every sector is a reflection of how submitted we are to Jesus. In this section, he talks about, first of all, following. Our call is to follow Jesus' footsteps. And Jesus suffered because he submitted. But because he suffered in his submission, we were healed. If Jesus would not have submitted to the cross, we would never be healed. And sometimes there's a difficulty we're going through, a suffering we're going through because we are submitting and following him that we cannot see other people are going to be healed because Christ's grace is being seen, his undeserved love and work in us. Now, he's going to follow. Let's put the picture of like footprints in the sand. You might have heard of this really popular poem in Christianity, Footprints in the Sand. Sometimes there's a single set of footprints, sometimes two set of footprints. But it's interesting in Scripture, the only time you can find somebody following footprints in the sand is in this passage with Peter. And it's Christ walking this path of submission, suffering because of it, and others being healed. Verse 21 talks about this. He says, verse 21, he says, For to this you were called. You were called to Jesus' level of submission. There it is. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. They should take step after step of submitting even when you're suffering so that others can be healed. He says in verse 22, who committed no sin. Like sometimes when we're suffering, we want to run to other sins to pacify the feeling we don't want to feel. Jesus didn't do that. Nor was deceit found in his mouth. To kind of hedge on the truth, not fully disclose, because it might benefit you. Jesus didn't do that. Verse 23, who, when he was reviled, which means insulted, when he was insulted, he did not revile in return. He didn't insult back. That's not submission, to insult somebody who insults you. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He did not say, one of these days, you're going to get it. He could have. He's right. He didn't threaten. What did he do? He committed himself to him who judges righteously. He brought his pain and his crisis and his suffering in prayer to his dad, God the Father. Verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. The cross was an act of submission of Jesus to God. And our sins, my sins, laid on him on the cross that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes, by whose whippings, you were healed. Verse 25, for you were like sheep going astray. But now, but of now, because Jesus submitted, submitted in suffering, Return, you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, guys, God has called us more than suffering. He's called us to Jesus-level submission to our government, to our leaders, and to God himself. You are called to Jesus' level of submission. And it is so hard, incredibly, it's more difficult when you are suffering, when you're suffering and your submission is causing more 
pain or challenge. You want to back away from that. But that is when you see God at work inside you. That's when you test, like, is Christ filling me up? Is my trust really in him? Do I believe God is bigger than my idiot leader? Do I, God, does, is God big enough? It's what 1 Peter 2.21 says. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, For to this, to a life of submission, to the footsteps of submission, you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Thank God that Jesus submitted. That he had, he had an attitude of willingness to follow the government, his leaders, and ultimately God Almighty to the cross leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. That's our vision here. Our vision is to help everyone become an outward-focused follower of Jesus. And there are steps. Is that your life? It is impossible without Christ living inside you. Think about, think about salvation and discipleship, too. When it comes to salvation, you realize you can't even become a Christian without submitting if you're a person who says, well, I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't submit. I don't submit. What you're saying is, I'm sorry, I'm never becoming a Christian. Because you cannot become a Christian without an act of submission. Without calling out to God and saying, God, I can't do it. I submit my goodness and righteousness to you. Salvation, when I was 19 years old, I called and said, Jesus, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. Please, I accept what you did on the cross. I was submitting myself to God's plan. You can't even become a Christian without an act of submission. And you cannot be a disciple without submission. You can't do it. Being a disciple means you're a follower. It means you don't choose your direction. Being a disciple means that you follow God. He chooses your direction. Every day of a disciple is a day of submission. Every single day. You cannot even be a disciple. You are only as much of a disciple as you are a, as a person who submits. Submits to God Almighty. Every day is submit. You get up, you submit. It's the attitude of willingness to follow God as your leader. My prayer for you is you would grow in Christ-likeness. You'd grow in surrender. You'd grow in trusting God is bigger than your idiot leader. And you say, God, I'm going to speak up. Because I don't agree. And after I've spoken up, I don't agree. It's not a sin to that. It's just not smart. I will follow. That's Christ in you. And the world sees it. And they're drawn to Christ and healed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, God, for your word. And for thank you for the submission of Jesus. Jesus, your attitude of willingness to follow the government and your leaders and ultimately God of the cross so we could be healed. Use us as these living representations of submission, Christ's submission, so other people in this world are healed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.